This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. up everybody um welcome to the first show of shooting it straight with myself uh justin jackson and my man john we are extremely happy to start this and for it to be our first show and for it to be the first show of the season um so super excited man hey justin how's it going we got great spacing here i have to say i'm posted up here in the corner ready to ready to shoot a corner three if you need me i'm really excited to, to be on the show with you this season uh, we've got one guy who played exclusively in Woolen Gym, and then yourself <laughs> who played in the Dean E. Smith Center many, many times. Justin, can you give our listeners uh, an update on where you're playing this season as well? I know you're still uh, in the professional game after uh, after many years. Yeah, man. Um, so this is year seven for me. Uh, I just I played with Boston last year. I've kind of been all over the place, man. Um, but this year, I'm actually I'm playing. Uh, in the G League with the Mavs G League team, the legends here in Frisco, um, actually with two other fellow Tar Heels, um, Theo and, and Tony are on our team. So uh, really looking forward to playing with them again, kind of reuniting, hanging out with them, talking about old times. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, just here in Frisco, man, trying to, you know, trying to see what happens. Uh, but I think, you know, for me kind of, being able to do this podcast with you, man, is kind of what I'm, I'm looking to get into, um, kind of being in this space. And so whenever I had the opportunity and obviously Inside Carolina gave me the opportunity to do this show and kind of be the, you know, quote unquote face of it, um, you know, it was super exciting for me. So, you know, it should be a good year. Yeah. Speaking of Theo and Tony, have you had your first practice with those guys yet? What's it been like being on the court? Man, I, I we've had two days so far. Um, we actually had a two a day yesterday. So, um, you know, it's obviously it's it's just like old times. Tony does the same things. An awesome teammate does the same things on the court to help you. Um, and then Theo, you know, he gives a little more verbal. Uh, you know, you know, a little bit more verbal on the court, but uh, obviously a great teammate, great guy to play with. So, it should be it should be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun watching you all down there this season. It's going to be fun doing the podcast as well. Before we jump into it, 
and cover UNC's exhibition game and what we're expecting from the season. I'm going to take a second to talk through our sponsors. We appreciate our sponsors on this show, uh, Johnny T-Shirt. Uh, they sponsor all the Inside Carolina podcasts. You can check them out on johnnytshirt.com or on Franklin Street if you're looking to get some UNC gear. And Congruity HR. They are your go-to uh, business for all of your payroll and HR needs if you're a small or medium-sized business. Uh, they're Inside Carolina's new sponsor. Uh, so they're uh, the, the, the people you should go to um, if you need those business services uh, at any time. Uh, so, yeah, Justin, let's kick things off. UNC had their first scrimmage last weekend. Uh, just starting out really high level. Uh, what stood out uh, to you from the first scrimmage? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you first have to put out that, obviously, St. Augustine, they they came in and they competed, but they were just less talented than, you know, this North Carolina team. So I think that's the first thing that everybody has to keep in mind. Um, but at the same time, UNC did exactly what they were supposed to do against a, you know, a less talented team. You know, they came out, they defensively, I love the intensity, the full court pickup. Um, you know, some of the things that they did defensively, I think, can really translate even against an ACC opponent. Um, you know, RJ obviously came out and was, you know, extremely hot from outside and just scoring the ball, which I think is going to be something that we see a lot throughout the season as well. Um and then there's just a few other, you know, a few other guys that I think I'm really excited to kind of see how, you know, they gel together and how, you know, they're able to affect the game um, and help these this team win. But I think the first thing, though, that I saw was the three-point shooting. Um, you know, obviously, I think some of the shots that they got are going to be, you know, a little more open than what they might get against, you know, some of their opponents that they have whenever they first start the season. Um, but I think just watching that game and watching – um, the spacing that is allowed um, because of the shooting. And it just creates more for Armando inside. It creates more for Elliot to try to play make and even RJ get downhill. Um, and then I think it, you know, it obviously it opens up some things that they just haven't had, you know, in the last season or two. You know, I think when you look at the box score, they scored, they had 16 threes, which I think we talked about it. It wasn't, I think it's, been done twice since you know early 2000 and you know only three other times in the past two years have they had you know 15 threes so i think just off rip i think that's the biggest thing that you can see there was a few plays where you know whether it was elliot driving down the lane or mondo getting the ball in the post when you look at the you know picture of you know what it looked like it was mondo and then all four guys around the perimeter and all the guys that were guarding the perimeter players had to stay out because they knew it was a threat. And so I think that's just going to make Mondo's life easier. It's going to make those playmakers lives easier. And it's going to just, you know, open things up more for their offense and, you know, not make it as hard as it seems like it had, it was for sure last year um, trying to score the ball. So I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway that I saw. I think what it would, what did you think that you kind of some points that you saw? Yeah, I liked what you said about spacing. I think there's two elements to spacing. I think there's knowing where to be on the court, but also being a three-point shooting threat. Because oftentimes, you know, Leakey was in the right spots. He was spaced out in the corner, but maybe he didn't also have the shooting threat to go along with that. So I think some of the guys uh, that we were seeing out there, Paxton, Cormac, I mean, these guys know where to be on the court. And also if the ball gets swung to them, uh, they can hit down and uh, hit an open shot. 
I want to hit on that stat as well that you mentioned. So North Carolina had 16 three-pointers uh, in their exhibition game. Um, and as you said, uh, that has only happened three times since the 2010-2011 season. Uh, it happened two times in, in 2019 um, and once in 2017 against Western Carolina. The last three seasons, UNC has had 15 three-pointers uh, only uh, three times. So it shows you know, already in game one, this is going to be one of UNC's strongest uh, three-point shooting teams. And they shot a pretty good percentage as well. In the first half, UNC was 10 of 18 on three-pointers, which which is pretty good. I think you you referenced it as well. This was an exhibition game, right? So you can you know only take so much from this game. But there are some trends, especially when comparing it to last year's exhibition game. In that first game against Johnson C. Smith last season, UNC was 11 of 35 from three. That's 31.4%. So they are already a lot better in a similar game uh, this season. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of that just comes with, you know, it's a lot of guys that have already been proven shooters. Um, you know, I think the hard thing about college basketball is if you're a freshman or a, fir- or a second year, it takes time to adjust shooting the ball, especially in a place like, you know, like the Dean Dome. So I think having these guys who have been in college for a few years, who are graduates, who are just older and experienced, um, you know, the speed and the physicality and then also the shooting in college basketball, I think is is a big outlier there. Um, but I think I want to go back to, you know, you had mentioned something about Leakey and kind of how he was spaced and how he was, you know, kind of, you know, he was in the right place, but maybe the defense didn't respect as much as you kind of see the respect that you see kind of, you know, you saw some in this first game. I think the biggest comparison, I think, when you look at this team is probably Harrison when it comes to kind of being in that role. I mean, when you look at the starting five that they had outside of Mondo, he was probably the, you know, the person that the other team feels like they can help off of or shift off of or whatever, just because, I mean, you've got three 40% three-point shooters outside of him. So you've got to kind of, you've got to win with something. And so I think when you, there was a few times and, you know, obviously it depends on what the sets are, but there were a few times where you just saw Harrison in different places that were a threat for whatever particular play they were in. So you might see Harrison, you might see him, you know, space to the corner. So that opens up more spacing, you know, for Mondo inside. But you also saw him too kind of in the dunker area, which for most, you know, fans that might not know what the dunker area is, it's kind of that where you see the lower block in the paint. It's kind of right below that where you kind of, can put a big man or somebody like that to kind of space and keep their defender low so they can't just help on everything else. So when you when you kind of saw him, he, he was kind of in the dunker um, for some of the pick and roll actions, which for me, when I see that, um, you know, it's just finding different ways to, you know, keep the help off of Mondo and RJ in that pick and roll. And so I think just seeing him in those different spots and seeing him, um, you know, maybe in a pick and roll or pick and pop situation or just the versatility that he showed, I think is going to be, you know, for me, kind of the X factor for this team. Um, you know, that kind of, you know, takes me into kind of what my second point was. Obviously, the catalyst is RJ and Mondo. I don't think that changes at all. Um, you know, the ship kind of, you know, it goes with them. 
And so I think that's always got to be the the constant. But when you look at kind of the X factor and the guy who can kind of take it, you know, take this team kind of to that next level, um, you know, obviously outside of the shooting that Cormac and Pax and everybody else that can shoot the ball bring, I think Harrison is kind of that guy. Um, you look like I talked about offensively, um, being able to space, being able to play multiple positions. I think another big thing for him and something he did at Stanford too was being a playmaker. You know, so if Elliott's not on the floor and it's, you know, that starting five that started last, you know, this last game when it was RJ, Cormac, Pax, Harrison, and Mondo, now you have another playmaker that can take the pressure off of RJ. And RJ can just be a scorer, which is his biggest strength. Um, and so I think that just is a totally different aspect to the team that, you know, obviously they had Caleb the past couple of years who was, you know, a secondary ball handler, but you know, somebody who's really looking to get other guys involved. Um, you know, I think he's going to be huge for that. So I'm excited to kind of see how, you know, against, you know, better competition and against teams that, you know, kind of scout them out a little bit more and have more time to scout them out, how he's able to um, really make those things happen. But I think he can really do some big things for this team. Yeah. I like what you said about Cadeau. I think one thing that stood out to me, we've gotten you know, two different versions of Cadeau so far in the two uh, times we've seen him play in live action, especially at the end there, he really took over. He he made, I think, two threes to end the game. And you like to see that in a guard, someone who's not afraid to take the big shots. But then in this game, the exhibition, it was, um, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily hunting his three-point shot like he was at the tail end of that game. Um, and I like to see that from a guard as well. He was getting everyone involved. Uh, he was finding RJ, as you said, um, I think he's going to be really, really fun to watch this season um, for North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, going going back to Elliott, you know, it's 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 something very simple but kind of rare that you see. Um, you know, you saw in the, in the first half of, you know, that St. Augustine game, RJ had, you know, like 12 or 15 quick ones. Um, and I think the next possession, they got a stop and came back in transition. And the next possession – Elliot made sure to find him in transition. Um, you know, he even crossed the court and made sure to find where he was, um, which is something, like I said, that's so simple. Um, but finding the guy who's, you know, got the hot hand or finding the guy who you know um, is going to give your, you know, your team the best chance to score at that particular time is a very small thing, but really big that I don't think we've really seen the last year or two. Um, so, you know, obviously he's a freshman, you know, a lot of his foul calls that he had, it was kind of funny as I'm watching, it's like, I'm remembering back to whenever I was a freshman. And a lot of times as a freshman, you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, like a lot of his fouls were like, you know, he was, his man cut through and all of a sudden he was in help side and somebody was driving right at him and, you know, he really couldn't do anything or, you know, in transition or whatever. So, you know, obviously being a freshman, there's still some learning curves that I'm sure he'll have to go through, but kind of some of the things that I'm already seeing for this team that he can do, I think is going to be huge. Um, so, yeah. And I think another thing going along with what Cadeau brings to the team, I think they push the ball and push the pace a little bit more in this game than we've seen in years past. Again, comparing exhibition game to exhibition game last year against Johnson C. Smith, the team had 14 fast break points. Uh, this year uh, on Friday night, they had 25 fast break points. So again, it's sort of, you know, maybe a little bit of a shift from the last few seasons with North Carolina. They're getting back to, uh, you know, I think it's something that RJ said 
after the game. I, I like this uh, quote that he had. He was asked about emphasis on playing fast, and RJ said, that's the key. The emphasis has been to get back to Carolina pace, get up and running. So I like hearing that from RJ and seeing it on the court. Yeah, and I think, you know, that kind of takes me into what I wanted to talk about next as far as, you know, for one, getting back to Carolina pace, but two, kind of getting back to, you know, the the basics of what Carolina basketball is. Um, you know, I think the past couple of years, obviously, it's it's been kind of the big question was who's going to be able to come off the bench and help this team in different ways. Um, and I think, obviously, you know, once again, it's an exhibition game and it's, you know, very, it's, you know, one of the first games that people are able to see. Um, but I think kind of watching and seeing, you know, the, I'll say the 10 guys that played um, the most minutes, I'm already encouraged as far as, you know, what certain guys can bring, um, you know, kind of, kind of getting back to Carolina basketball, all we ever talked about when we were in school was offensive rebounding. Um, and I think when you bring guys like Jalen Washington, Zayden off the bench, um, you know, obviously Jalen Withers will be there too. Um, and guys like that, that are able to offensive rebound. I think that was one of the biggest things as a freshman Zayden coming in and he's, he just never stops going to the offensive glass. You know, I felt like he was always there, whether he was getting a hand on the ball or he was actually getting a putback or just an offensive rebound for the team. I felt like he was always in the mix. Um, you know, and then obviously Jalen Washington with his length and his height, I think just causes more problems, offensive rebounding. And so I think that was also something good to see. Um, you know, obviously Mondo's going to do his thing. He's going to go get his at least 10 rebounds. That's the, that's the reason he's the leading rebounder, you know, in school history. So having those, those other guys, you know, and then you throw once again, another guy like Harrison who does the same thing, offensive rebounds, you know, like it's his job. So kind of seeing that I think is, is, is probably pretty good for, you know, old school North Carolina fans to kind of watch and see and, you know, kind of be able to remind them of kind of what the, the old UNC looked like. Um, so I think I think that's going to be huge to see as, as time goes on. And then just kind of who's able to produce things for the bench. You know, obviously, I think, you know, in that game, it was Elliot, Jalen, Zayden. Um, those were the main guys that kind of came off the bench. And so and they did nothing but good things in my eyes. You know, I think Elliot did his thing as far as playmaking, getting everybody involved. Um, whether it was getting downhill, obviously everybody's going to see the the highlight dunk that he had in the second half. But there are so many little things offensively um, that he did that he does to help this team, and I think he showed some of those. Um, and then, like I said, if you can have guys that just come in and play with energy, obviously we know Zayden's skill, we know Jalen's skill, we know they can do things offensively. But defensively, if they can just come in and, you know, give that, you know, energy boost off the bench to kind of keep whatever that first five has going on um, going, I think that's going to be really big for the team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, I wanted to hit on Armando again and come back to him just real quickly. He had 13 points, 10 rebounds, 7 of 9 on, on free throws. You've had the opportunity to practice with the team a little bit. You've been around the team. Do you sense there's a different Armando in year five? Or maybe is the team around him different and it allows him to showcase different skills? I mean, I think it's a mixture of things. I think, you know, for one, you know, Mondo, when you look at him physically, he looks like he's in shape. He looks like he's, you know, really ready to go, um, which is just a testament to him and, you know, his dedication to kind of getting ready for the season. Um, But I think it's also, you know, when you look at this team, it's very early, right? And there's going to be time. it's going to be times when, you know, they're still trying to gel. They're still trying to figure each other out as the season kind of goes on. But when you watch it and, and me being able to be in practice, there's a different level of excitement and a different level of energy that these guys play with. Um, and, you know, it's it's almost to the point where, you know, you almost have to tone them back a little bit, you know, whenever they're in practice. Because um, at the end of the day, they're all teammates and they're all trying to go after one goal. Um, but seeing how competitive and how much they just competed throughout the practice that I was a part of, um, I think was a sign of, you know, okay, this could be, this could be something good. Um, and so I think having that mindset and having that motivation, you know, going into your last year, I think it's going to cause you to be a little bit more, um, you know, have a little bit more energy about you, have a little bit more motivation. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, it, it, for me, it was real simple. Like I said before, Mondo's going to do what he does. He's going to offensive rebound. He's going to, you know, bully people down low. He's going to have his way down low. Um, but there was just a few different ways that he was used um, that I saw in the game than he's been used in the last, you know, couple years that I think is just going to add to his game. You know, for instance, they have him a lot more in the trail position. So he's kind of the more – you know, when he gets the ball at the top of the key, he's kind of the one that's, you know, on a, almost playmaking for the team. So, and because of the shooters, there's so much more space for him to be able to, you know, do that. And um, I think another thing that kind of stood out to me was, obviously we know how big Mondo is, but he was still down there fronting. Um, you know, I can't remember the big from St. Augustine, but, um, you know, he was fronting him, you know, as if he, you know, he was really, you know, locked into whatever the game plan was or whatever. And, so kind of seeing that, it just seems like he's got a different energy about himself, um, which I think is going to do nothing but, you know, pick up and carry everybody else behind him. Um, so I think that's I think that's kind of the differences that I saw. Plus, you know, he shot a three at the top of the key. You know, I don't know. I don't really know what, you know, his, his freedom is when it comes to that. But, you know, just having those little things added to his game this year, I think is going to help the team and help him, you know, going forward. Armando's in his fifth year at UNC. I think he owns the town of Chapel Hill uh, at this point. He can uh, take whatever uh, shots, I guess, that he wants to. I want to transition us a little bit to talking about uh, how players approach an exhibition game, an early season game, and then from there we can maybe talk about previewing the season a little bit. Um, So someone like yourself, 
you see the box score from a game like that. Uh, do you take a lot away from it or do you just kind of approach those games as tune-up games? What's your approach as a player? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, none of those stats or the win-loss, whatever goes into a you know real column, I guess I would say. Um, but at the same time, the players and the coaches, they, they approach the game the exact same way. You also have to think, you know, a lot of these, you know, other than live action scrimmage, this is the first time in, you know, however long since the season ended that, you know, they've been able to play and beat up on somebody else. So I think for, for players, it's you, you go into it th- looking at it as just a regular game as well. Um, and then obviously when you, you know, I think they shot, what, 45% from three. So when you walk away from the game, even though the team was less talented and things might not go the same way against a better team, um, you know, you walk away from it with some positives. You know, we shot the ball really well. Defensively, we definitely, we created some problems in the full court defense pickup that we had. Um, And then offensively, there was a lot of good things you can take away from it. The spacing, the playmaking of, you know, guys outside of RJ, RJ being, you know, aggressive coming out, Mondo doing what he does, you know, it's, there's a lot of positives that you can take from it. I'm sure that I'm sure the coaches can take a lot of negatives as well to kind of, you know, obviously be nitpicky and just try to get better each and every day. But as players, we kind of approach it the same exact way. If anything, you're probably more excited about a game like that because like I said, it's the first time that you're able to play against a different opponent. Um, so I think it was good to see them do exactly what they were supposed to do against that team. And there's definitely some positives that you can take away from it. Mm-hmm. You've had the opportunity to watch live action in the scrimmage. When you think about the season as a whole, and you think about the, what the expectations should be for this North Carolina team, uh, what do you kind of what kind of comes to mind? Where do you think this team can go this season? Well, I mean, I think uh, you know, other than probably the first three games of the season, uh, they'll definitely be tested, which I think is is you know the only way to really know where you are is to be tested against, you know, the best teams in the country. And so, you know, I think it's going to be good to see in those, you know, first three games, not that those opponents are, you know, by any means just a, you know, an easy game, but, you know, to see in those first three games, if they're able to really gel and get things tightened up to go into these, these tougher, tougher games against tougher opponents. Um, But for me, when I look at, when I look at this team, they have everything that's needed to make a deep run. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, obviously the biggest thing, like we've talked about basically this whole show is shooting. Um, You know, when you have shooters around a big like Mondo, it's going to cause problems because all defenses have to give up something. And so you're either going to give up a three or you're going to give up Mondo down low one-on-one against a guy who he's probably going to be able to beat. And so kind of having that, you know, luxury this year, I think is going to be huge. You know, I think another thing that, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about all season is some of the sets that they have running for this particular team, for the shooters that they have for a guy like Harrison and the the multiple things that he can do um, for guys like Mondo and RJ to be able to play to their strengths, I think is a lot different as well watching. And it, it they run the sets a lot better. They get guys open. They look for the open guy. And I think, you know, that's a, that's refreshing for me watching um, as opposed to kind of how in the last couple of years, it was a lot of one-on-one situations. It was trying to force feed Mondo with probably two or three guys around him. Um, So that's exciting for me. 
uh, as an offensive guy. Uh, I'm really excited to see how they do offensively. But, I mean, even defensively, you know, I keep on coming back to Harrison, but Harrison can guard one through five with no problems. And so when you have a guy like that, when you're able to switch one through four, especially in college basketball, it's going to cause some issues, you know, and there's really, you know, I don't really see a ton of weakness as long as they, you know, do what their game plans are and pay attention to the scout and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm just excited to kind of see how it goes, you know, into this season. It's one of those things where, I think I'm more excited this year than I have been in a, in a few years. And they're probably talked about less mm-hmm. than probably the past couple of years that they've been talked about. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a perfect place for them to be, you know, okay. You don't have to talk about us too much. You know, we'll just keep on doing our things, building good days. Um, and, you know, we'll see y'all, we'll see y'all when we see y'all. So it's, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see that and, you know, I'm already looking at some of these games coming up and getting real excited to kind of watch them and, and see what happens. Yeah, I like what you said there. It feels a little bit like Hubert Davis knows what he has and maybe the national news, the national media hasn't quite turned the attention to UNC yet. You know, I think about, you know, the last few seasons, there's been so much preseason hype. Uh, the first year for Hubert Davis was obviously his first season as a head coach, a lot of attention. Then last season, preseason number one ranking they did the photo shoot with the sports illustrated and you know there's there's a lot going on there but i think this year they've allowed themselves to stay under the radar i'm going to run through the schedule real quick they play radford lehigh and uc riverside to start the season those are some of the uh a little bit easier games uh justin that you reference and then they start right off the bat like you said with some tough games in the battle for atlantis they play tennessee in the acc sec challenge and then they have UConn and Kentucky. So there's not a lot of uh, easy games in November and December once they get going. Um, so it is going to be exciting to see how this team competes. Um, to close out, maybe the, the preview portion of the show, Justin, who would you say is the most important player for this UNC basketball team this season? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, I think the obvious answer, and I think, you know, I'm going to always go back to it. The catalyst of the team is going to be RJ Mondo both of those guys, um, just the experience that they have, um, them making it to national championship and know what it takes to make it there. Um, and I mean, those are, I think the two, uh, guys that you have to play through kind of at all times, you know, there should never be four or five possessions where either one of those guys don't touch the ball or, you know, are the ones that are, are being aggressive to score or whatever that looks like. Um, but I think I'm going to keep going back to Harrison being that X factor for this team. Um, I think he just brings so many things to the table that if he does them night in and night out, um, you know, for one, the team is just going to be that much better. And for him going forward, I think it's just going to help him, um, you know, his playmaking ability at his size and at his position, playing the four a lot of times, the fours in college basketball aren't, used to having to guard somebody off the dribble or having to guard somebody that's a part of a pick and roll or, um, you know, those kind of things and the different ways that they're using him right now, I think are going to be really, really good um, and are going to be able to take advantage of kind of that situation. Um, And then defensively, he's just, he'll be able to guard their best player on the other team. Um, He'll be able to switch onto anybody and there's really no letdown. Um, you know, and there's just offensive rebounding, rebounding in general that he does. 
Um, there's just so many things that Harrison brings. And then you put on top of that that he's a very respectable three-point shooter, which is a totally, you know, it's that's four guys around Mondo that you have to respect from the three-point line. So um, there's just so many things that he can do that I'm really excited to kind of see. And, and I've seen up close and personal and practice kind of all of the things that he does for the team. Um, and so that's, I think he's the biggest one, but you can never lose sight of who is kind of your top dogs. And so as long as RJ and Mondo are kind of that, you know, those two, you know, we'll say the heads of the snakes, then I think everybody else around them can just kind of fall in line and kind of follow suit. So I think those with those guys, man, and, and, you know, you have a supporting cast this year. I'm going to always go back to that. You have a supporting cast that whether Coach Davis plays all of those guys a lot or not as the season goes on, you know, you have people behind all of those guys that can also produce and can also do things for your team and help the team win. So I think it's just a, it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air whenever I watch this team this year because it just allows – so many different things to happen. I think the first, you know, the last couple of years, you knew what was going to happen. You know, it was easier for teams to go into the games knowing, okay, RJ and Caleb, they're going to be the two guys that dominate the ball. Three-point shooting isn't necessarily a strength of theirs, so then we can just load up on Mondo. So now it's, okay, how are we going to defend these guys, you know, and, and how are we going to take away or try to take away most of their things when – you got to give up something. So that's uh, – I'm super excited for, for this season, man. I'm super excited for us, man. I'm super excited for this podcast um, to just kind of talk about Carolina basketball, man, talk about, you know, things that are going on with their season. Obviously, it's still near and dear to my heart. So, um, you know, me being able to the, say that, you know, oh, I, got, I have to watch this – I got to watch this Carolina game because I got to talk about it tomorrow. You know, that's, that's a great feeling for me, man. So I'm super excited for everything. Yeah, I, I am as well. I, I think one cool thing about this podcast, too, is you have so much behind-the-scene knowledge about the program, about UNC. That might be a good place to close today. Uh, the Carolina Mile is probably something that UNC fans have heard about. It's sort of like a preseason tradition for, for UNC basketball. Can you give fans a little bit of insight into what that's like and, and what it is and maybe a little bit of a story time from uh, your times doing the Carolina Mile as part of the program? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's basically what it sounds like. Uh, you know, we uh, every year um, when I was there every year, we had to, you know, it was kind of a part of the conditioning program. It's kind of what ended conditioning. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess for three years, you know, we would go through the conditioning, which was not fun. Um, but then it would always end with the Carolina mile. And the way it worked was you would have a time that you had to, you know, whether you were a guard wing or big, you would have a certain time that you had to finish it in. And if you didn't finish it, then you had to come back the next morning. You know, I think there's, you know, the biggest store was Kennedy when he first got to school, you know, he had to run it multiple times um and obviously he he got it done and now he's you know making money playing basketball but um so you would have a certain time that you would have to make and then they called it a tough time and so if you if you made your tough time i think there was there was certain during the conditioning you, there were certain days that you could have tough times and if you made your tough times you would basically be out 
of the extra conditioning at the end of practice for the first two weeks of practice. Um, so obviously that's, that's enough motivation in of itself. Um, but for me, you know, going in as a freshman, I was always running was always pretty easy for me. Obviously it was the strength aspect, the lifting, you know, the physicality part that I really had to adjust to, but running for me was always kind of the easier thing. And so, um, my freshman year, uh, I can't remember. I think I finished first. I mean, I, I ran the fastest mile I think I've ever ran. It was like five Oh five or something like that. Um, and so obviously that be my tough time. I was able to sit out of, you know, uh, conditioning the first two weeks. Um, but then man, my, my sophomore year, my sophomore junior year, Luke may, Luke may always got me. Like it, it, he, you would not, you would not think that he was that fast or, you know, have the ability to run as fast of a mile it is, but I think he ran a sub five minute mile, my, you know, sophomore and junior year. Um, and by my junior year, I didn't have the same motivation of like, I have to be first in this because I already knew that he was really good at it. Um, and so, yeah, he, my junior year, he kind of blew me out of the water. Um, so yeah, there you go. Behind the scenes, Luke May was a menace when it came to the North Carolina mile, which, you know, once again, it was just four laps around the track. You know, it was the only time we ever ran on a track, um, other than the 12 minute run. Um, but you know, it was, uh, you know, that was always, it was always tough, but at the same time, you knew in the back of your head that that was the last part of conditioning. So you know, it was like, hey, just give it all you got for this last thing and, you know, see how everything shakes out. Did you have to beat your time every year? So every year after, did you have to beat 505 that you put your freshman year? <laughs> Thankfully, no. Thankfully, yeah. no. It was uh, because I think my tough time was 520, maybe 530. Um, so I really wasn't that close to the tough time. So thankfully, they didn't set the next bar as the time that you made. Um, I think they kind of kept the tough times kind of around the same. Maybe they went down just a little bit, depending on how you finished the year before. Um, but yeah, tough time, I think for me was usually around 520, 530. Uh, I can't fully remember, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, like I said, it was, um, it, it was very difficult running that fast of a mile, but you know, you kind of look at it like, oh, I'm done with this and we get to get into real practice now and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of the excitement of the season. Let me let me give you some advice from a non-athlete. What you're supposed to do is set the bar low <laughs> as a freshman and then every year after. Then that last year you show up, you, sh you run a 505. Everyone's like, oh, wow, Justin's in such great shape. But the whole time you actually could have been doing that all three years. So that's as a non-athlete, that's what I would be doing. You know what? I wish I had that freedom um mm. as a freshman you feel like there's so many things that once then once you're kind of outside of being a freshman you kind of look back and you're you know why did i do that you know why why did i think that that was going to be something that would get me ahead you know like just going just thinking back into like the first couple like summer practices of my freshman year you're so you have no idea what you're really doing. And so you're just running around a thousand miles an hour. You feel like you have to 
close out the hardest you've ever closed out. You feel like you have to run each and every, even if you're doing five on oh offense, you feel like every cut has to be the hardest cut of your life. Um, and then you kind of become by my junior year, it's like you go from being exhausted in those practices as a freshman to like your junior year, you're watching the freshmen and you're getting more tired from watching them run around than you actually doing it because now you know everything, you know where you're supposed to be, you know the spots you're supposed to be in. Um, so yeah, I wish I would have been able to have that mindset of like, hey, I know where I need to be, I know what I need to be doing. So I don't have to literally fall out trying to beat this time, you know, and trying to beat the guy in front of me on this Carolina mile. Um, but you know, in fresh as a freshman, you feel like you have to just you gotta set the tone. You know, you got to try to make your way on this, on the new journey that you're on. So, but I'll, I'll definitely going forward, I'll take your advice. On that, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. wouldn't take any advice athletically <laughs> from me at all. The uh, shooting it straight podcast is going to be on Thursdays, releasing Thursdays throughout the season. So be sure to check it out uh, throughout the year. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. Uh, we give one final shout out to our sponsors, Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity HR for supporting the show. And uh, appreciate you listening. Justin, you want to take us out? Maybe one last thought before we get out of here? Yeah, man. I think uh, to all the fans and everybody listening, first of all, um, thank you a ton for, for you know, kind of tuning in, obviously, on this first show. Um, like I said before, we're super, super excited. Um, I'm super excited to kind of, you know, be able to hop on here every week and talk to everybody and kind of, you know, hopefully give a little bit of insight um, you know, from kind of some of the knowledge and the basketball that I've been around and I've seen and that now we're watching this year for this team. Um, and so I thank all of y'all that is, that's, you know, tuning in and listening or watching or, you know, whatever you might be doing. Um, and as fans, just be fans, you know, support this team. There's going to be ups and downs, I'm sure of this season. That's just what basketball does. Um, but just be fans and enjoy watching this team and supporting them. Um, even when you don't know it, the basketball players, they hear things and they see things and, you know, they can kind of see the support or the disappointment or, you know, the negative or the positives that y'all are saying. So um, just stick with them. You know, I'm really excited for this team. I think it's going to be a really good season. Um, so I think it's just our job of kind of watching and seeing how things go and, we'll kind of break things down, but as fans just kind of support and, and be there for the team. So I'm really excited. Absolutely. We'll hear all about it on uh, next week's show. We'll be reviewing the, the first real game uh, that the Tar Heels play again. That one is Radford on Monday, November 6th. So check out uh, next week's show for full coverage of that. All right. Appreciate everyone listening today and we'll talk to you all next week. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.